I don't know about you, but I spent most of my weekend out on my back porch. It, the weather was just so great. Every chance I got, I just took this I Believe book. I don't know if you're reading it, but that's the book I took out and I started reading on my back porch. And it was so sweet. And we're on our back porch. Isn't this wonderful? Think about how great it would be if the ladies at Hope Against Trafficking could have time of healing and coming together and bonding on their back porch. Doesn't matter how much it is, but if you can support that story and just uh, give a, even a, the dollar amount doesn't matter, but it's the heart that counts and how, much you, how willing you are to contribute to their healing and their recovery. So I hope you'll all join me in giving today. Let us pray. O oh Lord, open our eyes that we may see you. Open our ears that we may hear you. Open our hearts that we may feel you. Holy Spirit, be in this place. We invite you here. Amen. One of the earliest memories I have is the time I got lost when I was about five years old. We were on a family vacation in a crowded beach in Korea. We set up a tent and soon my parents went out to get us something to eat. I was left with my four older sisters. We played some silly games and we were starting to get bored. So despite my mom's specific instructions to stay put, my two oldest sisters decided that they were going to go out and explore. My other two siblings thought it would be fun to follow them. Of course, I wanted to go too, but they looked at me sternly and told me not to follow because none of them wanted to be responsible for a five-year-old tag-along. They ran out of the tent thinking that I dare not chase after them. Well, I did. I ran as fast as my five-year-old legs could carry me, which evidently wasn't fast enough because when I got caught up with who I thought was my sister wearing a red swimsuit and she turned around and it wasn't her, I panicked and I started looking around to see where my tent was and our tent was nowhere in sight. I started to panic and I spun around and around trying to locate anything, something that was familiar that I could cling on to, but I couldn't find anything. So I did what any self-respecting five-year-old would do. I started screaming mommy at the top of my lungs with torrents of tears and mucus coming out of my eyes and my nose. I was this five-year-old wearing a yellow bikini, screaming and crying hysterically in the middle of a crowded beach on a hot summer afternoon, utterly and hopelessly lost. Okay, it's a cliffhanger. If you want to know what happened to my five-year-old lost self, you have to wait until the end of the sermon. Have you ever been lost? Maybe followed someone you thought you knew, but it was someone else, or your GPS gave you wrong directions. Although that incident was from decades ago, it was such a traumatic experience for me that it still sends shivers down my spine just to talk about it. 
Being physically lost is one thing, but what about being lost in life? Feeling like you don't know what you're living for or where you're headed. Lost in the sea of meaningless work or overwhelming responsibilities or lack thereof. If we are honest with ourselves, we all know this feeling of being lost a little too well. From the time of Adam and Eve, we had lost our way until Jesus came to show us how to live, how to really live. In today's passage, Jesus states his purpose for coming into the world in no uncertain terms. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, let's be clear. God doesn't want us to merely survive, but God wants us to thrive. God doesn't want us to just live, but God wants us to flourish. God doesn't want us to experience the trauma of being lost over and over again, but God wants us to know the joy of being found, found in Christ. Where do you find yourselves today? We all want to have life and have it abundantly, and so does Jesus. So how do we have this abundant life? Jesus says, the sheep follow me because they know my voice. Following our good shepherd so that we may have an abundant life means we know his voice, that we hear it often and we're familiar with it so that we do not follow the voice of thieves who only want to take advantage of us. We want to follow the voice of the shepherd who always has our best interest at heart. There are so many voices vying for our attention in our world today. As much as we are shaped by the stories of our lives, we shape our stories based on which, which voice we follow. At certain points in our lives, we might have followed voices that promised wealth, love, and security, but all of them cost us more than we could possibly afford. And while they may have been given us a fleeting sense of happiness, it ultimately left us feeling used and hurt and even more emotionally bankrupt than when we had first started out. What are you doing today? to get to know the voice of your shepherd. The executive director of the Beatitude Society, Reverend Ann Howard, explains it this way. John's community knew about good shepherds and bad shepherds, the thieves of the story who taxed the poor into poverty, the ones who starved the people and fed themselves, the ones who traded the shalom of their tradition for the Pax Romana. No doubt they longed for a good shepherd. In John's telling of the Jesus story, they hear that Jesus is the good shepherd, the way of comfort and sustenance, abundance and strength, even in the face of death. John's community knew the voice of the shepherd. Do we? Our shepherd's voice is always the voice of sacrificial love, grace, mercy, justice, peace, and compassion. Jesus promises us that if we follow that voice, that even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, our lives will be full and our cups will overflow and will ultimately, ultimately lead us to life abundant. You see, an abundant life is not a life that is void of hardship, but it's a life that even in the face of death that rejoices in the fullness of God's love and grace. May you get to know the voice of our shepherd well because the voice you follow will shape the stories of your life. Now, we also know that sheep are flock animals. They go in and out of the sheepfold together. 
they do not leave their herd. More often than not, they actually follow the sheep that's in front of them rather than the shepherd himself. That's why it's so important that the sheep in front of us are headed in the right direction. Jesus says twice, I am the gate. It is through him that we go in and out and have our being together. To live an abundant life means to recognize our interconnectedness. We belong together and we flourish together as a body of Christ. We can never live the abundant life alone. We can never live the abundant life alone. The gate we go through shapes the stories of our community. Brene Brown, an author who has written many books on shame and vulnerability, says, love is not something we give or get. It is something that we nurture and grow, a connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each of them. Nurturing and growing that connection is only possible when we spend time together and share our stories with each other. When was the last time you shared your story with people in this church? Not just about your accomplishments, but about your real fears, insecurities, and failures. It takes courage to tell our stories to each other to let ourselves be really seen and loved. But when we do, we will go, come in and go out and find pasture. Our shepherd will lead us out into the world where we can fully live out our faith through the acts of service and compassion and join God at work in our community. The abundant life that's promised to us is not about passively receiving God's grace and acceptance, but actively embracing our identi identity as beloved children of God so that we may serve others and transform our, com our community. For example, that's why support the story this summer is so important. To hear the stories of need in our community and to respond to it as a congregation is what it means for us to be a flock that we don't only envision a church, but that we envision a world where every heart experiences God's transforming love, that we come in and out and find pasture. As much as we get to know the voice of the shepherd, we want to get to know each other's voices so that we can have the abundant life together. But on that faithful summer day, when I got lost on the beach, there was no voice to follow. No one was calling my name. My flock, my sisters, my parents, they were gone. Even the tent was nowhere in sight. So there I stood in the middle of a crowded beach, terrified, lost, dizzy from screaming and crying too much. Finally, a security guard came out of nowhere and took me to lost and found. <laughs> they took down my name and age and announced my lostness to the entire world. But here was the thing. I used to have a speech impediment, and I couldn't pronounce certain words right. Well, my name 
was one of them. I could not say my name correctly. So the name that went out over the PA system was not my name. It was gripped with fear that my parents would not know that it was me, that they would not come for me. I'm sure only a few minutes passed, but it seems like hours and hours and hours as I waited and waited. Then it finally happened. The door flung open with such force that I thought it was going to come unhinged. And there in the doorway was my mom. With fire coming out of her eyes, she desperately scanned the room like a grizzly mama bear looking for her baby cub. And when she saw me, she ran up to me and hugged me. And with incredible tightness, she held me and let out a loud cry of relief and continued to weep out loud into my small, tired body. I am convinced to this day that even if there had been an army of men with machine guns blocking her path, she would have gotten to me with some supernatural power I could not comprehend. The thing is, my mother, if you see her, is a quiet, reserved, elegant woman never showed such raw emotion and force in public before. And the truth is, I never saw her like that in public ever again. But for that moment, I knew that she loved me more than anything in the world. And no matter where I was or what I had said my name was, she would have gone to the ends of the world to find me. More often than not, our stories are shaped by pure grace and God's ferocious love for us. And that is the way it is with Jesus. Even when we can't hear his voice, he will still find you no matter where you are today. Even when you miss the gate, he will come after you. Even when you don't know who you are, or what your name is, he will find you and call you by your rightful name. Your shepherd knows you and knows your name. He loves you and pursues you with fierce and relentless love because you belong to him. And he came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness 
and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.